Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? How's everyone doing today? Hope you're having a, a great day today, great week today, you know, when, whenever you're deciding to listen to this. And you already know what it is, uh, equip the podcast, you know, the saying, stay ready so you want to get ready. Uh, just thank you for continuing to rock with me as I'm doing these podcast episodes, helping us to e- equip our walk with Christ. And um, if it's your if you're brand new to listen to this, I just want to say thank you and welcome, and I hope you enjoy, and at least take at least a little bit of piece of what uh you know I guess of what I'm about to say. Uh, so today I got another good episode for you guys. Um, and it's something that's said a lot, and it's something I always heard. Um, I feel like it, I guess this is a good time to you know to talk about it. I think some simple just to talk about real quickly, and for this episode we're gonna talk about. Did God really say he will never give you more than you can handle? Did God really say he will never give you more than you can handle? That's what we're going to talk about. Like, did God actually say that? And this phrase is always said, you know, especially as encouragement to, to people who are going through things or dealing with things, right? And the thing is, right, we want, obviously encouraging, like giving encouragement is in the Bible. That's a biblical principle. Like, you are supposed to give encouragement to other believers, right, and people, people, and stuff like that, but it is important to make sure we're giving the right type of encouragement, that's the key right there, making sure we're giving encouragement in the right way, in the right biblical way, because this phrase isn't exactly correct, actually, it's not really correct at all, but I get why people say it, it is for encouragement. It is for helping people out and giving people hope and stuff like that, which you still can do through the Bible, obviously. But it's just not used in the right context at all. So I'm pretty much going to be explaining what I mean by that and explaining what um, the Bible actually talks about, you know, especially going through with Paul. And Paul actually, I feel like, addressed this addressed this in a way. So real quickly, I'm going to pull up the verse on, I feel like, where I think mainly people get this idea that, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. So the verse is, let me share my screen real quick for the people that are watching on YouTube. But the verse is from 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and I'm going to highlight it right here. Okay. And Paul saying to the church of Corinthians, like the church of Corinthians in Corinth, no temptation has overtaken you that overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So I know what you're probably thinking, like, uh, Ivan, doesn't that kind of sound like, you know, he will never give us more than we can endure or handle or anything like that. It doesn't kind of say that. And in a way, it kind of can say that, right? But the important thing we have to do with Scripture is we have to make sure we're looking at it in this right context. And what's going on? Like, who is he addressing? What's going on? And things like that. So that way we can get firm understanding, right? So as we look, in, in chapter 10, it starts with the warning against idolatry. Now, Paul is writing a letter to the church, Corinthians and Corinth, because this is what, I mean, this church was off the hook anyway. Like they was off the hook. They was doing a whole bunch of stuff. But this is one of the many things they were dealing with. And in this particular, in chapter 10, he's talking about warning against idolatry. So he starts using Moses, right? And what, and what Moses and the Israelites went through and how they were, went through the same exact things and how 
you know, they didn't even see the promised land because of their disobedience to God and stuff like that. And because of their idolatrous, idolatrous, I think that's a word, idolatrous type ways, idolatrous, don't, don't quote me. But it was their idolatry that led them away from Christ and they didn't get to see the promised land. So this is how he starts this chapter off, right? So then once we get to, um, because once we get to, once we get to uh, the verse 13, then, and then also, you know, the idolatry that, uh, like, they were doing in the church, also, they were also, um, you know, eating in temples of pagan worship, like, different pagan god worship, and they're eating at the temples and stuff like that. So, Paul is warning them to not do that, because that's how easily we can fall away from the true God, and he's warning them against that, and we must, and then, and then how they were indulging in other stuff, because it wasn't simply just eating in the, in the temple of the pagan gods, it's also doing the stuff that they were doing to worship those pagan gods, that wasn't right, so that's what Paul is warning them against. So he's saying no temptation has so no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Right. So he's talking about temptation for doing sinful things, like whether it's idol worshiping, idolatry, sexual immorality, where they're talking all this stuff. Like temptation, right? That's what he's talking about. He's talking about temptation from not doing certain sins. And he says, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Right. So come on, man, let me keep reading, actually. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So pretty much what Paul is saying here is that God gives us like. God gives us different alleys and different ways to escape, to not cave into sinful decisions. So when we are facing a, temp, uh, a temptation that if we give into it that is sin, God gives us ways to escape. There are different ways for us to escape from our sin, whether or not putting ourselves in a position, like not going to certain places we shouldn't go to or not calling a certain person that that's not going to hold us like to help us or hold us accountable or going to God immediately for certain thoughts that you want to think, like stuff like that. Like God gives us multiple ways for us to not fall into our temptation. But it's really up to us to make sure we're doing that. Because sometimes we just put ourselves in positions that we're too weak, our flesh is too weak and we're not able to do it. Or we're not going to God at all when we're getting tempted. We just try to handle it on our own and then we eventually cave. So this is what he's really talking about. He's talking about our temptation as far as our sin and him giving us multiple ways to get out of that temptation. Not 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 in a way where it's talking about trials and other things you're going into going in your life that are not necessarily sinful. Like things that are out of your control, right? That's what that's not what he's talking about. And when you say the God really say he will never give you more than you can handle, that's more referring to trials and things like that in your life that are out of your control or things like that. Where in this particular, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he's talking specifically about idolatry, not being tempted to do idolatry type things or, or indulge in the sexual immorality to flee from the temptation that, and you can escape from the temptation. Like God gives us ways to escape and flee from temptation that will cause us to sin. So that's really what he's talking about in this, right? And Paul actually kind of gives you exactly what, um, so Paul actually kind of gives you exactly what, what he means by, by, because to be honest, it's not really, it's not realistic. It's not realistic to think that, and if you really think about it, 
God will never give us more than we can handle. Life is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. Life is very, very unpredictable. Like, you never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to have to deal and walk through. And not all of it is just because you sinned. And now you have to walk through a storm because of a decision that you made. Like, sometimes things are out of your control. And we can't bear it. There's a lot of things in our life that we can't bear. Our own mental health, we can't bear it. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we cannot bear on our own. So to think that we can just, like, um, it's just to think that God would say, okay, you know, we'll never, he'll never give us something that, you know, we can't handle. We can handle everything. That's like, no, that's not realistic. That that would be almost like setting us up. Because a lot there's a lot of things in our life we cannot handle or bear. Like, I'm going to give you another example. Hold on. And this is, uh, let me share my screen again. And this is 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And I'm about to uh, share that real quickly with you guys. Okay. So. Paul says, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So, so in this part of chapter of 1 Corinthians, I mean, second moment, second Corinthians chapter 1. And verse three, it starts with a theme, God of all comfort. So he's pretty much starting talking about uh, Christ is all comfort. Right. And he comforts all who's in affliction. So that way, maybe we'll be able to comfort those who are also in affliction with the comfort, which within ourselves are comforted by God. And then that we're going to suffer. You know, we're going to suffer. Uh, we're going to share abundantly of Christ's sufferings, because once you become a follower of Christ, we're going to suffer like him. That's a guarantee. We will suffer like him in many different ways, right? So we share that as well. But we will also share abundantly of comfort within that as well. So pretty much our affliction goes hand in hand with our comfort as well. Comfort, right? And comfort doesn't mean we can handle it. Comfort means we're being comforted as we're dealing with the things that we're going through in our life. Now, we look at verse 8. Verse 8. Paul is saying, look, I don't, I want, for our, we do not want you to be unaware. We want you guys to know, brothers. We want you to know the affliction we experience in Asia, which is modern day Turkey right now, but in Asia, Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey today, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, beyond our strength, that we were despaired, we were despa despaired of life itself. So pretty much, y'all, look, what we went through in Asia Minor in Ephesus at the time, like we were so burdened beyond our own our own strength, like we just like we didn't we wanted to die pretty much, like we 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 couldn't take this. Like I mean, we, this was terrible. We feel like we deserve. And then if you read in verse nine, indeed we felt that we had received the death, the sentence of death. So they felt like all the stuff they went through at the time was so bad. They felt like they did receive their death sentence. Indeed. We felt that we had received the sentence of death, but hold on, listen to this though. But that, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Okay, so oh yeah, my bad. Let me read verse ten too, because I like verse ten as well. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. All right, so pretty much, Paul's letting you know that they've 
were so burdened beyond their own strength, right? They couldn't handle clearly at all what they were going through. And it doesn't really specify in particular what exact, but if you read throughout all the epistles and what Paul went, I mean, Paul was thrown into jail, in and out of jail. He was beaten, flogged, chased out of cities, uh, talked like he, this man went through a lot for the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? This man, he went through, he went through a lot for the gospel to the point where he felt so burdened, like, yo, he was like, he despised life pretty much. And pretty much thought he got a death sentence for what he went through. Right? That's what he felt like. It was, he couldn't handle it. He could not handle it. At all. We could, he could not handle it whatsoever to the point where he felt like he had a death sentence. He couldn't handle it. But it was key what he said in the last part of verse 9. But that was to make us rely on ourselves. I mean, to not rely on ourselves, but on God. Who raises the dead. So he's saying all that that he went through was for us to rely on God. Because remember, in the beginning part of verse 3, where God of comfort is the theme, that yes, when we become a believer in Jesus, we, we will share Christ's sufferings, but we will also share comfort. That we go through affliction so that we will be able to give comfort to those who are going through affliction, right? That's the whole point of it. That's the whole point of it. Like, throughout our lives, we are not going to be able to handle pretty much everything we're dealing with. There'll be certain moments where, okay, today this won't break me, but the next day it might will break you. We're not able to handle this stuff throughout our life. God knows we can't handle this stuff in our life. That's why we need him. We need him to get us through to help us persevere whatever we're going through in this life. And Paul is sharing right here, like, look, bro. But we went through Asian mind. I thought there was a death sentence. Like we were burning beyond our own strength. Like I couldn't do it. But it was by God to help us rely on God, to help us remind us that we need to rely on God who raised the dead, who's powerful, almighty, the creator of the universe, who could raise the dead. That's the one who can help us get through and persevere through the afflictions that we go through, right? And then Paul also later on in 2 Corinthians, right? Let's talk about 2 Corinthians right here. Right. Now 2 Corinthians. Chapter 12, 7 through 10, later on, right? Paul says, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of revelations, a thorn was given was given me in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with the weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay. So now we're at a part where Paul is talking about his visions in this thorn, right? So visions in this thorn, the stuff that he goes to, right? So pretty much, Paul is pretty much telling us, like, we don't, like, especially starting the chapter, that he 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 can only boast about the Lord. He can only boast about the Lord. He can only boast about God, right? And then the visions and revelations that he received from him, right? And that, and once we get down to, um, and then we get down to verse 7, where he says to, to keep me from becoming conceited, because he's seen visions. You know, he said, therefore, Nothing is gained by. It. He said, "I will go on. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord, and 
I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago there's heaven and all this other different stuff. God knows. I know this man called paradise where the body of God does not know. And he heard the things that cannot be told, which man not my other on this behalf will boast my behalf. And on my behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except for my weaknesses do us boast. So pretty much all right, my bad. Anyways, back to seven. So chapter, I mean, verse seven. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing of greatness of revelations, of visions and revelations and the stuff that, you know, God has given him. A thorn was given me in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. All right. So pretty much there was a thorn that was given to him from like from, um, from God. I'm assuming, right? A thorn that was given to him. And there, there's actually speculations about what it is. Like there's actually different speculations because he doesn't necessarily say what it is. But there's speculations. A lot of people think it's like a physical condition, like a eye, like a some type of sick sickness, maybe, or some type of like some with his vision, his eyes, like like he has some type of physical physical thorn that he's dealing with. And then he said three times, I pleaded with the Lord about this that it should leave me. But he said to me, "Look, my grace, Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly." Of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, Paul is letting you know right now that he has a thorn that was given to him from Christ, this physical condition, right? That's agony. And he actually pleaded from God for, for Christ to remove this, right? Three times he pleaded with about it. But Jesus said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, right? So Paul is saying, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul is pretty much saying, look, I know my weaknesses at the time, the stuff that we're going through, the afflictions, whatever thorn that we might have, which I'm not saying everyone's guaranteed a thorn like God. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like saying it's like Job, for instance. Like Job was a one rare case where God pretty much told Satan what it was, and then Satan thought he knew more, so then he was like, all right, cool, you can do X, Y, and Z to Job. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna turn his back on me or anything like that. That was one specific case. That's not gonna happen to everybody. Don't even take it literally like that. That's just describing what happened, right? But there are gonna be something like a thorn to us, I do believe that. Something that we do believe that is not necessarily sinful at all, but it's something that we just gonna have to deal with throughout the course of our life. But he says, I can boast about my weaknesses because the power of Christ will rest upon him. The power of Christ, the Holy Spirit will rest upon him because through his weaknesses, through the stuff that he's went through, what did Paul do in his ministries? Paul planted churches everywhere. Paul spread the gospel. Paul boldly persevered through persecutions, thrown in jail, flogged, all this other different stuff for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like he did a lot of things for the gospel with his weakness attached, right? Now, in verse 10, he says, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So Paul is saying, look, I'm content with the stuff that I'm going through. With this thorn that's in my flesh, I can be content about it. I can be content about it. whether it's my weaknesses, whether it's insults from other people. Whether it's hardships, whether I'm getting persecuted by the people, calamities, all this other different stuff that can happen to me, I'm content in it because when I am weak, I'm really strong because of Christ, because of the spirit that's in us, right? So pretty much Paul is saying, like, look, I got this thorn that I'm dealing with. I've been thrown in jail. I've been this. I've been that. But 
Christ's grace is sufficient for me. His power is made perfect in my weakness. So throughout my weaknesses, the power of Christ actually prevails even stronger through the weaknesses. So I can be able to persevere through the insults, through hardships, through persecutions, through all these other different things. Because I'm truly strong because of Christ. That's in me. I'm truly strong because of Christ. That's what he's talking about. So he's I could he's, I could be glad about my weaknesses because my weaknesses actually prevails Christ's power. And he actually uses me throughout my weaknesses all the time. And I don't have to boast because I know all the source of my strength and everything that I have and everything that I withstand and go through and got through in my life was because of him. That's the thing, right? So, so when we bring it all back into retrospective, when we bring it all back, like, when we look at the stuff that we go through in our life, like you might be going through depression, anxiety, you might be going through certain things that you might always have to deal with. Some things you, you might be able to stop doing or some things you might just be able to get over. There's other things that we might have to deal with with the rest of our lives. But it's not that God gave us something that we can, that, that he will never give us something that we can't handle because that's not true. How? You know what I'm saying? It's not like we're Job. It's not Job. It's not like God's specifically literally letting us, like giving us stuff. But is the fact that naturally things happen. Like we do live in a fallen world. So naturally things happen. We might develop something that's out of our control that we have to struggle and deal with, right? So it's not about did God give me, God will never give me something I can, that I can't handle because at the end of the day, that's not what a loving God would do. You know, a loving God's not going to step in and, and, and go out of his way to always jump in in our lives to try to, fix something and help us not to get through something because when it comes to adversity, when it comes to suffering, suffering is a good thing because suffering helps us grow. Suffering helps us to know that our strength comes from, from Christ. Suffering helps us to know that we could have to depend on Christ. We can't depend on everybody else. We can't depend on this person. We have to depend on him to get us through. And I actually talked about it on an episode. I mean, it's been a little while, but I actually talked on an episode about actually how suffering is a good thing. Y'all can go and check that out. And I talk more about this as well. But so instead of saying, you know, God will never give me something I can handle, maybe the the phrase should be, God will give you strength and perseverance, you know, that you need that you will need in every in any situation. Or God will give you the grace you need in every situation. You know what I'm saying? God will help you persevere through everything. Because because think if you like think about this, even if you're a parent, if you're a parent, you have to let your child learn and grow, right? If you go in and step in every little time and, and they never go through anything and they never deal with anything, how would they ever grow? How would they ever to be strong on themselves? How would they ever grow at all if you're always jumping in and fixing things and let, not letting them go through things, right? We have to go through things. We have to struggle. We have to, And not to mention, we just read it. We share Christ's sufferings when we join. We're, go, we're going to suffer in some way, form, or fashion. We will be persecuted in some way and suffer in some way. Right. So it's not realistic. Like, OK, well, guess what? You'll suffer, but, you know, you'll never God ain't going to never let you more than you can handle and bear. That's cat because we can't handle pretty much majority of the things we go through. We can't handle it. We might think in our in our own minds that we can handle it, but we really can't handle it. We can't handle majority of the things that we're going through in our life. We just like to pretend that we have things under control, but really, we don't have things under control. We don't. We don't have pretty much nothing. And. In, in control. We don't. We like to pretend or, or or just don't acknowledge it or pretend it's not there, but we don't have control of it. We don't have control of it. There's 
A lot of things in our life we cannot handle. We can't handle it. That's okay. But Christ will give us the strength and perseverance for us to get through that. To get through it. It's not about, oh, he will never give us a, a whole bunch of stuff we can't bear. So that way, you know, we, you know, or it's not about him jumping into every situation and, and fixing it for us and saving us. No, it's about, look, throughout life, you're going to go through things. It's guaranteed we're going to go through things. But guess what? Through all your weaknesses and things you're going through, Christ's power will be perfected in that. When you are weak, you are really strong in him. And he will help you persevere through whatever you're going through in your life. We just have to depend on him. That's what it really boils down to. Are you willing to depend fully on him and, and, and you release the reins in your life? Fully depend on him. Fully trust him. Fully know that, look, I can't handle this. I can't do this. But I do trust him and have confidence in him that he's going to help me persevere and get through whatever's in my life. Because even with some weaknesses I struggle with, I really am strong because Christ is strong. So that's really what it boils down to is that we are, are we willing to give everything to Christ? Because we can continue to pretend that, you know, God is not going to give us that stuff that we can't handle or that everything is okay or we have control in things in our life when we really don't. We really don't. And it's easy to pretend like we do. It's easy to think that we do maybe because we got some money. We can mask around some of the problems with certain material things or or post things on social media to kind of make it pretend. But a lot of us, we man, majority of us, we can't handle the stuff that's happening in our lives. We can't. And that's not even the wrong thing. We we know we can't. We should know that as believers in Christ, we should know that we can't handle it. That's why we have Christ. He helps us handle this stuff. We put every, we depend everything on him. That take actually takes less pressure off of you when you depend everything on him. Because for one, we can't handle it anyway. And for two, he helps us deal with whatever that we're going through. So all the pressure is not on us. But it's really up to us to make that choice to give it all to him, to fully acknowledge it and give it all to him and know that, look, I know I'm going to have things. I know majority of things in my life, I'm not going to be able to handle it. And that's fine. I don't need to know how to handle it. But I do have a relationship with the person that does know how to handle it, that does know what's best for me, that will help me persevere through this. And through all my weaknesses, I'm really strong because of Christ. And I can brag and boast because of Christ and what he does to help me. So... That's pretty much everything I, you know, I really wanted to say about the topic because I just don't want us to, or for other people to, to really be, like to be not. It's not even about really being like misled or anything like that or like mysteriously. Like I mean, it's it's just helping us understand what's more accurate biblically about what God does and says. Like, I think that's more important. We have to make sure that we are being more biblically um, literate instead of illiterate. Right. Actually know what he says. Don't just listen to what other people say of what God said. Like, look it up. Look it up for yourself. Because there's a lot of people that be that believe certain things God said or did and stuff like that. And he never said, nor did it. And it's taught the wrong way. And what happens is when we uh, misquote God or, or, or listen to what other people say, and God didn't really say it. Then we start to go down the wrong path. And then. That's where we miss the mark, and that's where we can get caught up in, in, in bad situations and think wrongly and have the wrong theology for certain things because we are misquoting what God's actually saying. So it could be a slippery slope. So it is important to actually know what he said, right? And know that, look, man, 
What do you mean? Like you know, you know, like look, he'll never give you more than more than you get him. Yeah, um, we can think that some of our lives, like honestly, we even analyze the, the statement, really analyze it, like, and you have, and you, you the certain things you've been in your life, you be like, bro, I couldn't handle none of this. I honestly couldn't handle none of it, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with saying you can't handle something. Like we have to let that ego and pride go, and be cool with like, look, I can't handle this. That's fine. I'm cool and dandy with that. I'm fine. Look, I have a lot of weaknesses, but guess what? I serve a strong and mighty God who who helps me do all that. So he perfects my weaknesses. So really, I am strong because of what Christ does through me and how he helps me to persevere through any and every situation. And really remembering, because a lot of times Paul and other disciples, they will talk about the history of the Israelites and people and the people of God before them to let them know, like, look, God did it. In the, in the past, he'll continue to do it again throughout the course of your life. It's not like, okay, it's one to two times and then you're good. You were, we're going to need Christ's grace, mercy. We're going to need his help to help us persevere. We're going to need the Holy Spirit each and every day until we die. That's the thing. We have we have them forever. Don't think, okay, you know, you know, it's good. We get comfortable, you know, and sometimes we get comfortable and, uh, you know, when things are starting to go good for a little while and stuff like that, we could be like, okay, you know. And then as soon as things go wrong again, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, we just have to be very consistent and know that, you know, we're going to need Christ. We're going to need him through the rest of our lives. Because different parts of our lives, we're going to need him for different things. Like, we're going to go through different things, different persecutions, different stuff in the course of our lives. So, just look at the like. Just look at the past things in your life that Christ has already done to help you persevere through, to give you motivation, to give you encouragement. You know that you can get through whatever next season or the seasons further, because Christ already done it before and He'll do it again. So it's pretty much everything I got for you guys today. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great day or evening or morning, night, whenever you're listening to it, and you already know. Peace.